every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out, davisvisionmd.com, or call today, 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. You ready for a little what's going on, Gordon? Yeah, always. Let's start out with those uh, characters in the morning, DJ and PK. They uh, chatted with Michael Smith, uh, jazz analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, and uh, they dove into the series. Have you ever seen anything like what happened with Donovan Mitchell in the playoff opener? He's out for a long time. He's good to go. No, he's not. And the team's got to go out there and kind of short notice and adapt without him. It really was a little surreal, right? Crazy. Uh, I think Rudy probably said it best, right? We didn't find out till about 4 o'clock that he wasn't going to play. And so I think it it affected him, right? The, the, the surprise factor, here you are playing or, you know, you got all. But what I've never seen before is what happened all week, right? With the playing games, here are the Jazz are practicing all week long and don't know who they're going to play until late in the week. That was a little bizarre. So that throws your preparation off a little bit. And then all of a sudden, to be thinking we get our star back and at the last minute he's a scratch, I think it affected him. There's no question. Uh, I think I said on the air the other night that Memphis looked ready and the Jazz looked rusty. And I think that assessment was fair, but that's not even taking into the fact that, you know, the whole Donovan surprise thing where you prepared for a week and said, oh, you know, here's how we're going to attack. Here's how we're going to play. And, guys, I think John Morant has a size strength advantage on the Jazz if Donovan's not out there. You saw that. A kid can really get wherever he wants to go, so he becomes a, a, a tough matchup. As the team gets together and starts preparing and then they get to a couple hours before the game, what would you describe or how would you describe what the mood of these guys would be? The, the, I was thinking about it. The only thing I can compare it to is like, because usually the, the reason this is a really different aspect, because usually when you're on your own team, you know the inner workings. Right, you know that, you know, Kevin McHale's out tonight, my teammate, or Larry Bird can't go tonight. You know that because of shoot around and your own preparation, which is kept secret from the other team, right? Their coaches are even clandestine in their press conferences, he's questionable or that'll be a game time decision. But in the inner workings of your team, you know that. The only thing I can really compare it to, because this is so unique to me, is that oftentimes You'll get news late, you know, before tip-off that a certain star on another team is not playing. And, you know, coaches kind of have to manage the emotions of players that way, right? Like, all of a sudden, you're playing the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals and Dominique's not going, right? There's a tendency to relax and say, crap, they're 30-point-a-game they're guys not going to play. 
and so it just I don't know I, I, I think it threw them a little bit um, I think they were over anxious to get started let's just eliminate the Donovan thing because it looks like he's going to play from now on and I'm pretty convinced with Donovan and a healthy Donovan in the lineup they can beat this Memphis team but other than that, like, it just was a weird game. It was a weird first half. I found the Jazz rusty, yes. I found them a little over-anxious. And thus, you could tell by the way their offense flowed, or better said, didn't flow. Right? Bogey doesn't score. The shot selection was poor. Rudy gets two shots. I mean, it just was different and weird. And I know the results of the three-ball are just astounding right Yang misses five and Conley misses eight and Clarkson misses all eight that just doesn't happen in a regular season game so I just felt like they were so anxious to get out there and do it and prove they could that it was as a result it bit them in the butt and if you could have reversed the halves right and just maybe the second half was their first half I think they win the game but as a, as a result gosh they allowed Memphis to believe that they could win in that second quarter. That was the whole key to the game. They created and allowed Memphis to say, okay, we got a chance. And thus they got them. So all of that is in the rearview mirror and is a fact, and yet I sit here strangely calm thinking the Jazz are going to win game two, the Jazz are going to win this series in five or six games. I have so little doubt about it, I'm doubting myself about my lack of doubt, if that makes any sense. (laughs) But, hey, I overthink stuff all the time. That's why PK's laughing. It's like, well, at least he came clean and I didn't have to say it. At least he's got a little self-awareness after all these years. But do you have that level of confidence in the Jazz right now? The answer is yes. Like, Donovan's going to play. The Jazz are going to be who they are. You know, two of my keys are, like, one is trust. you got to trust what you've seen for 72 games. So trust the system. Trust your shot. You can't all of a sudden now become scared to play and scared to be somebody you weren't. Go be who you were for all those games. Go be the team that beat Memphis three times in the regular season. So trust is huge. And I believe it. I, I thought I thought Jazz in six from the get-go. I did not anticipate a loss. But then again, I didn't know Donovan wasn't going to play. And the other factor for me is Rudy's got to be tough. Rudy's got to be strong. And, and he's always strong on the defensive end. He's got to be strong on the offensive end. Hold his position. Finish high. Keep the ball. You know, catch those lobs. And... When Rudy's that guy on both ends, that changes the dynamic considerably. And, and he's got a tough matchup with Balanchunas. There you go, Michael Smith from his interview this morning with DJ and PK. Of course, he makes it happen for AT&T Sportsnet on the local jazz broadcast. Yeah, I don't know where Gordon went either. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I, I like Michael's point on, you know, especially the three-point shooting, that I don't – the Jazz are going to shoot better than 25.5% from three. That We've seen that enough this year that that's a bit of an anomaly. I think Donovan Mitchell coming back sh- certainly should help that. But, I mean, Jordan Clarkson's not going 0 for 8 again in this series. He's made at least one three-pointer in like 90 consecutive games. That was the first time in a long time that yeah. he hadn't made at least one three. Yeah, right. right. You you guys were talking earlier about Dylan Brooks and will he score thirty points or more again in this series? 
I think, in fact, I said this on the Jazz Playoff Overtime call-in show. Make sure you call in after Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I said it'll be 200 days before Dylan Brooks scores 30 points again. Okay. Why do you think? Why, why, I, it was such an anomaly yeah. that we saw out of that. He guy. was making crazy shots. It'd be one thing if you, you looked at it. And, and I'm had, not saying he sucks. No, no, but no. The but stuff he was if, doing. If he had a big game because it was a bad matchup or something, you know, something that the, that the Jazz were doing. I mean, I know Gordon doesn't 100% agree with this, but he was he was making prayers out there and they just happened to go down, which, I mean, you know, happened to some players more often than others. Damian Lillard was in a similar circumstance at the end of the second quarter in last night's game for Portland. You know, like it, all of a sudden these just dreadful shots that go down and they're not quite so dreadful for Damian Lillard. But Damian, uh, but uh, Dylan Brooks, I don't I don't see him making those shots consistently throughout the uh, throughout the playoffs. It helps when Michael Porter Jr. is assigned to Boy. guard you. <laughs> Is he a, a rusty gate? Man. Yeah, that's that's the, the matador, Michael Porter Jr. And and this probably isn't the day to have this conversation, but I do think that's why Denver is a flawed team. Is because you have you know, you can you can cover up for a couple of a rusty gates, you know what I mean? Uh but uh multiple, like two, three, four in a lineup, that gets tough. And Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. aren't playing any defense anytime soon. Nope. Although they did smoke the Blazers because they don't play any defense either. Exactly. Last night. Uh you know who's really, really big on Michael Porter Jr. though is Chris Mannix. So well, you'll have to ask him time to be on the today. hour. Yeah. All right. Uh should we get to let's get to the Hanson Scotty clip talking about Donovan Mitchell. The only two people that truly know what happened is the guy that made the call to keep Donovan off the court and what Donovan Mitchell is going through with this ankle. But with that being said, Scotty, I just want to help people understand some things that, that occur when you're dealing with an injury and you're trying to come back. Now, I'll just take Peyton Manning, for example, probably because he's the most high-profile teammate that I've ever had. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning, when you're an athlete of that caliber, when you're a Donovan Mitchell – you are an asset. You are a team's commodity. You are the most important thing to them. They are paying millions of dollars for you to perform. So they take it as such, as if you were any other commodity, any other item. They want to make sure that it is prepped, fresh, ready, perfection, that it won't break, it won't fall apart, it won't get bad consumer reviews. They, they go to the greatest lengths to make sure that you are 100% ready. Now, with that in mind, I want you to understand that aspect because it takes you into the, the player's aspect of things. So let's say I'm Peyton Manning and I'm dealing with an ankle. You go through all these training sessions throughout the weeks. And when you go through training sessions, you truly have to understand that the trainer who is helping you rehab – is watching your body language. He's watching your eyes. He's watching you grimace. He's watching everything you do. They're putting you on, you know, calf raise stands, and they're watching your eyes, and they're watching the way you're handling that. How, how is he calf raising? They're putting you on the court. They're having you cut. Did he grimace? Did he slow into the cut? Did he hit and go hard? They watch everything. And, Scotty, if you don't know how to play the game with an injury, and I'm talking about with, with a player and a trainer, yeah. if you don't know how to play the game with a concussion, if you don't know how to play the game with a broken bone, if you don't know how to play the game with a, a strain or, or, or a possible tear, 
then those trainers watch you and they see it and they make that decision based off of what they see from you. What they see from you. Not what you tell them. Yeah. It's what they're watching you do. So everybody can be upset as they want. Donovan could be as mad as he wants. But those trainers that made the decision to hold him out, unless there's something unforeseen, Scotty, there yeah. might be something. That's why I'm saying there could be a much greater depth to this conversation. But trainers make the decision based off of how you're acting. Not based off. They don't know how you feel in your body. Yeah. So what they do is they try to compile all the information they can by observation. So if I'm Donovan Mitchell and through training and through rehabilitation and through shoot around and through, you know, getting on the court and, and getting a pregame look, if I was ginger into a cut or if I took a cut and stopped and limped and grimaced or if, you know, they're, they're testing the strength in that ankle and I'm, and I'm not able to really pull back with that strength, what choice do they have? Yeah. No, LeBron James is on the court and he's playing. LeBron does not look like he should be on the court. And play. No, he does not. No. And so I kind of feel like LeBron is to the level now where it's like, hey, guess what? I get what you're saying, but I'm going to play. Yeah. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell has that pull. No. I think that the Jazz are like, hey, Donovan, you're going to actually, you're going to do what we're going to say you're going to do. And these guys are saying that they saw you gingerly go into that cut. Or these guys are telling us that you don't have that that strength in your toe to draw back. Or they're saying that you don't have the lifter. When you land, you grimace, and we can't risk it. So that's the power struggle between a trainer and rehabilitation and an athlete. It's up to you, really. Scotty, if this is you, and I'm the trainer, and I'm putting you on the court, and I'm watching your body language, I can see if you can't plant. And you, as the athlete, you can kind of fake me out a bit. Yeah. You really can. I could fake you out with concussions. I could go home and throw up all night. And I could I could forget my name the next morning. And I could come into you, the trainer, and I'd be like, no, I slept. I slept. Slept like a baby. Like I'm a all baby. good. And, and I, I feel great. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe you're ready to go. So if you're Donovan and you're a little upset by what happened, I think everybody's just got to get in the room. And I think that's going to happen. I think everybody's just got to sit down like, okay, you can be upset and you can, your camp can leak something to Brian Windhorse about how upset you are. But at the end of the day, we got, we can't have distractions. Yeah. And it'll happen. And that's why I'm not. That's why game two is going to clean up a lot of this drama. Like there's a lot of things like when, when you and I a year ago were talking about the whole Oklahoma city thing and it was unsalvageable, you and I kind of scoffed at that. Oh yeah. Because we thought that was a lot of nonsense. This, I actually think there's some concern here. Like I I do think if you don't nip this in the bud right now, Uh that it could, it could be a problem. It could grow into something ugly and at a very bad time. there you go. That's Hanson Scotty from yesterday. Some uh, similar sentiments to what you wrote about uh, in the trib. Got to got to mend these relationships. Uh, you know, it's in everybody's best interest. So it is, but I, I'm not sure it's that simple. And well, Donovan was bent out of shape enough, and you heard Scotty alluded to this that he's you know leaking stories to ESPN. He's yeah. not doing that because he's super stoked. Yeah, I I think at some level you have to trust the player. I mean, if a player says he's ready to go, I, I'm i not sure I think I'd go with that. Uh, See, I mean, unless it's so obvious that uh, – and, and, and I get it. The club has invested a lot of money in somebody. But um, 
if you make a player think you don't trust him, then that can lead to all kinds of other problems. Well, when we asked Coach Chiesa about this yesterday, and I'm not surprised by his answer, we said the only opinion that matters is the doctor, essentially. Uh, I can't remember the verbiage that he used, but uh, that's that's the only see, opinion that matters. That. But but see, I just don't think that like that sounds like it. That's how it should be. That's a very idealistic view of it. But I don't think the reality is is quite that simple because in this particular case, you've got um, the the medical opinion of of the Jazz side, what the Donovan called staff yesterday and then his side yeah. which he got involved somewhere in the last month because apparently he wasn't uh, satisfied with the treatment that he was getting from the jazz that that's tough cuz whose medical opinion actually matters in that discussion and so it's not that simple as what do the medical people say it's so i it's it this has gotten out of hand now they need to figure out a way to get it back in hand well the whole thing was kind of just handled weird because Donovan says, I'm ready to go, and then all of a sudden he gets the hook. Well, somebody thought he wasn't ready to go. I'm guessing that they didn't invent that. Did did they not tell Donovan that? Or did they tell Donovan that and he wasn't listening? Or did that doctor disagree with Donovan's doctor? Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. But the way it went down, it was bad for the team. It was bad for Donovan. It was it was bad for the club. Uh, that, that just uh, was not handled. And, and I don't know all the details of the way it was handled, but I saw the end result, and that wasn't good. All right, uh, coming up right around the corner, we're going to get a look at the Grizzlies side of things. We're going to talk to Rob Fisher. Uh, he works on their, uh, on the Grizzlies broadcast. He covers the sidelines and does uh, pre- and post-game hosting duties as well. We'll get to that coming up next here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Jordan Clarkson is your sixth man of the year. That was announced yesterday. The Jazz getting ready for game two against the Memphis Grizzlies. They trail one game to none. Mike Conley today talked about how the team's been through a lot together. Honestly, you know, it's been up and down 36 hours. You know, it's been a lot going on and not having Donovan there and losing. But then to see a guy who's so deserving of an award and JC and even Joe being the one that presented to him just says a lot about who we are and, and as a team and how close we are and how excited we are for each other. And we've been through adversity before, and this is another test of adversity, even with the positivities that come from JC's award and getting Donovan back. There's so many good things that are happening, but, you know, we took a loss in the game one. You know, how do we respond? How how do we, you know, handle being down in the series? And we're excited. We're ready to get back out there and um, looking forward to game two. Donovan Mitchell will be back for Wednesday's game two. We'll get the Memphis Memphis perspective on things from Rob Fisher coming up uh, right around the corner. Stay tuned for that. Um, this playoff update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment for a location near you. Check them out, mountainland.com. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the zone phone. He covers the sidelines as well as pre- and post-game for the Memphis Grizzlies broadcast. He's Rob Fisher with us here on The Big Show. What's going on, Rob? Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, you guys got it. How are you guys doing today? We're great and uh, excited. The playoffs are here, certainly. Um, give us kind of the vibe in Memphis with this this young upstart team that's playing really well right now. People, are, you know, people are excited, and it's it's interesting. Last year, going into the season, it was the most excited for a team that had no chance to make the playoffs that I've ever been around before in my life. And then they came close, and they got to the play in against Portland. Uh, late in the season and held that ace spot uh, going to the bubble. Uh, and then this year, I think the expectation was, well, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, hopefully in that range. And that's exactly where the Grizzlies ended up. And for the most part, all season, they were a 500 team. They'd get you excited for a game and then they'd disappoint you for a game. And But there was never anything consistent. But what we've seen now in the last nine games with this team winning eight of them, it, they're playing their best basketball and it's got people excited about them. And but, it, but it's funny, it's not necessarily an excitement of, you know, hey, we're up 1-0, we're going to go beat the Utah Jazz. It's, it's more of an excitement of, look what we've done in the last week. We're in the postseason, and we're about to start a run of appearing in the postseason, just like we did with the core four when the Grizzlies went seven consecutive years. It feels like that's kind of the start of something like that for the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think that's what most people are excited about. Sure, we're excited about being up 1-0. I mean, if you have a chance to win the series, being up 1-0 certainly is a good start. So, um, you know, I think people are fired up about that. I think people are fired up to get back at FedEx Forum for playoff basketball. And, uh, but I think mostly people are fired up about, you know, where this team is heading and what the future could be for this basketball franchise. So tell us everything you know about Ja Morant. Go. <laughs> he's special. Uh, I mean, that's really all you have to say. And, you know, we, we've had really good players. You know, we, we haven't had Stockton and Malone, but we've, we've had, you know, Zebo and Marcus all and Mike Conley and, um, and Tony Allen, you know, we had that core four and, you know, I don't, I don't know if any of them uh, will get to the hall of fame, but, Certainly, in, in Memphis's eyes, they're 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 the best. They put Memphis Grizzlies on the map. They carried the franchise during that during that run. But now, now it's Jaw. And even with all the good players the Grizzlies have had and, and the talent they've had in the past, we've never had a guy like Jaw Morant. He's different. He's special. He does something every night at the gym that you've never seen before. And and the thing that I love watching about him right now is. You go back to last year's play-in game against Portland, the two play-in games this season, the game one against the Jazz, every the four biggest games John Morant has played in, and he's been huge in all four. The guy's a winner. He, he's, got that, he's got that attitude that the greats of all time have of hating to lose more than you actually enjoy winning. And I think Jaw's got that. And he's a, he's such a competitor. It's been so much fun to watch him play. But just just getting to see him, it's it's like I said, he he's special. He's different, and he'll he'll give you something that you've never seen before on a nightly basis. I, you know, I've heard that same thing said before. Only they said it: losing feels worse than winning feels good. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think he's got that attitude. And I th- 
I think you look at the best players of all time, and and they all have that attitude. And I'm not saying Jaws is going to be one of the best players of all time, but if, if he's going to be great, if he's going to be a superstar in this league, he's got that already checked off. And, and, and definitely it's something that all the greats have. Rob, you mentioned Mike Conley, um, and it's not it's not often I'd say that you know really um, you know landmark players, franchise players like Mike was in in Memphis, you know separating from that organization. Sometimes it's not always pretty, right? Uh, but in this case, right. you know uh, the 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 relationship still seems to be in, incredibly strong. I mean, Mike talks about it all the time. Is is tied in Memphis, and that obviously was very uh, dear to him. And he made some comments the other, the other day when asked about it, how weird this is going to be for him to go, you know, eventually back into that building to play a playoff matchup, you know, where he had so many, uh, great moments, but talk about the, the, the community's relationship still with Mike and, and how they're going to experience that with him on the other, on the other bench. Well, I think for how weird it's going to be for Mike, I think it'll be weird for Grizzlies fans too, but you know, we, we've seen this with, with Zach Randolph, we saw with Tony Allen when they both left. Unfortunately, Marcus All, since he's left the franchise, hasn't played in Memphis because of the bubble. And then this year with Toronto being in Tampa, and then he goes on to the Lakers this year. And early this season, he did play, but there were no fans allowed. So Mark hasn't been back. So we haven't really experienced that. But with Zach Randolph, it was pretty simple. That first game, it's all love. It's all love. But then after that, you know, it's it's there's no hate. There's still love. He's going to get applauded. He'll have a nice round of applause when he's introduced in game three on Saturday night. But once the game starts, he's kind of on the other team. He's, he's not he's not on that. You know, he's we don't hate him like Joe Ingles hate. We but <laughs> well, but but he's going to be on the other team. You know, he's going to be a guy on that other side. And, and I think that's. Uh, you know, but it's such a respect. It, 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 the bond is so strong. What he's done in the community, um, you know, he was such a great ambassador for the city, such a great role model for the city. Uh, I mean, me personally, I, I my first year with the Grizzlies was Mike Conley's first year. So to go through his entire career with him uh, in Memphis was, was truly a treat. And of all the athletes that I've covered in my time in sports, so there, I tell people all the time, there are two that stand out to me as being the greatest guys to be around that I've ever been around who are athletes who, you know, actually made a mark in the game. And that's Kurt Warner, the, the former Rams quarterback when I covered him in St. Louis and, uh, and then Mike Conley of the Grizzlies, um, just the two most genuine, nice, truthful, upfront, keeping it real guys that, that I've ever been around in, in, in over 30 years of covering sports. So I, I, I love Mike Conley and always will, always root for him. I mean, the love for Mike Conley this year when he made the all-star team from Memphis, it was real. I mean, people were so excited in Memphis that Mike Conley finally got that all-star nod um, that, you know, it, it, it didn't matter what uniform he's wearing because he'll always be looked at as a Memphis Grizzly and, uh, that'll be the case when his number goes up in the Raptors once he's done playing for the hated Jazz. <laughs> so it seems to me like the Grizzlies are trying to do everything they can to disrupt the Jazz's catch and shoot threes. Uh, off the dribble, uh, they don't mind that so much. What are they going to do when Donovan Mitchell is back in that lineup? Because he's pretty good at handling, the, you know, <laughs> shooting those long shots off the bounce. Yeah, well, it's you know we we've we've gotten to the point now over the last month of the the respect that has been given to Dylan Brooks around the league 
you know, and you just keep wondering, can he do it again? Can he do it again? Because he's done it, it seems, every night for the last month. And now he's going to have to do it again. And uh, his work's going to be cut out for him with Donovan Mitchell being back in the lineup. But, you know, as you guys know, the problem with the Jazz, just adding him to the lineup, how much more open are those looks? And, you know, I, I heard some stats that on open threes, I think the Jazz were like 12 of 41, which is crazy that of their 47 threes, 41 of them were open. They're not going to, they're not going to miss that many again. That's what I think scares Grizzlies fans the most. And just adding Donovan Mitchell is just going to make those shots more open if possible. Um, so I, I think it's going to be very difficult for the Grizzlies. They're To win game two, I think the Grizzlies are going to have to play their best game this season. And I don't think we saw that in game one. I mean, they got off to an awful start, but they did play well, well enough, and, and things didn't go very well for the Jazz, for the Grizzlies to get the win. But I think in game two, Grizzlies might have to play their best game of the year, and uh, that's a tough task. And Donovan Mitchell and that entire team is going to play with a vengeance, and uh, they're going to come out playing desperate basketball, and the Grizzlies are going to have to try and match that. It, it's, it's about scrambling. It's about getting the Jazz in the half court, and that means making baskets something the Grizzlies did not do early in that game, but were able to do in the second half. Rob, thank you so much for carving out a few minutes for us. We really appreciate it. And, hey, let's hope this is a, continues to be a really tough, uh, hard-fought, fun series. Yes, and I, I hope it is as well. And, you know, I, I mentioned about our hatred for Joe Ingles. He's <laughs> one of those guys that, you know, you love him if he's on your team. You, you hate him if he's on the other team. But I, I just want to say I, I, I have a son who has autism, and, I've, and I know Joe and what he's done for autism awareness, and I've had an opportunity to talk to Joe a few times when the Jazz have been in Memphis or when we've gone to Utah and uh, talked to him before games, and he's always been so gracious, and he's always carved out time to talk to me about his kids and um, about asking about my kid, and uh, he, he's, he's one of my favorite people in the league. So it, it's awesome. tough. It, this is a tough series for me with, with Mike Conley being on that team and and, and I'm such a huge fan of Joe Ingles, the person as well, that it, it's tough for me to find and build that hatred <laughs> that you're supposed to have this time of year. But I, I guess, uh, you know, Jazz come back and Rudy Gobert keeps flopping. Maybe I'll find it somewhere. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, that was something else. No, seriously. Well, Rob, thank you. That was great. Appreciate you. You guys got it anytime. There you go. Rob Fisher. He's on the, the Grizzlies broadcast, hosts pre- and post-game, does sidelines as well. That was a great conversation. That's awesome. He said uh, they all hate Joe Ingles. Uh, well, we all hate him here too, right? Well, they've got a player. That's Dylan Brooks for them, right? <laughs> I mean, that kidding. head book, the Just head butt. Just kidding, Joe. Uh, no, doesn't every every team needs a player like that, right, that the other team despises because of the kind of pesky way that they play? Except for Joe isn't overly physical. You know, he's not a bully. Uh, yeah, he's but just, he, He's just a conniver. Right, but he's that that type of player that will use some gamesmanship to make up for some disadvantages. You know, when I see him talking, I really wonder what what's coming out in that Australian accent. What is he saying? What is that he Australian saying? accent that he fakes? What's he saying? Wouldn't you like to know? Um, he really cooks that Australian accent, huh, Gordon? I mean, I suppose. Is, I mean, 
what, 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 the trash talk with the Australian accent? What, I mean, what's you're pretty, he saying? You're pretty focused on the accent here. Why? No, because you, well, that's because Austin brought it. You think, no, you brought it up. <laughs> oh, I guess I did. Crikey. I don't know. I don't know what he's saying. You want to take a stab at it? I have no idea. He, I, it's because he can say the meanest, ugliest, nastiest thing about you and your dog, <laughs> and you're going to go, oh, Joe. <laughs> Probably. All right, stick around. We've got more Big Show coming up next. Mannix at 4, Bowler at 5, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here for my friends at Peach Building Products. They're a new partner of ours here on The Zone Sports Network and they are terrific. Uh, I went down, met with the owner, Cindy. She's a wonderful person, huge, huge huge jazz fan in fact you should uh, stop by uh, and see her just to uh, to talk a little utah jazz basketball uh, their location is uh, 2940 south just off of third west and i mention it because they've got a beautiful showroom where they can give you examples of just what they can do for you when it comes to windows and doors they're a turnkey operation you don't have to waste your time dealing with subcontractors no ghosting they're always answering the phone you're going to talk to a human being they're going to make sure you are well, well taken care of. No high-pressure sales. Uh, they're just there to make sure and take care of you and do it uh, with quality. They do custom. If you're interested in getting your windows uh, you know, as energy efficient as possible, they can do that. They can coordinate with the energy or help you coordinate with the energy company to get the rebates that you're owed there. They've been in business here in Salt Lake, locally owned since 1993. They are terrific. They offer 0% interest financing. It's available to help you with that uh, free in-home estimates find out what they can do for you here's a little tip uh, gordon do you, have you ever heard of the window door there are people are into the indoor outdoor space you know what i'm talking oh, about yeah. where you can make the whole back like open up oh sure oh That's man good. they are doing some cool stuff with window doors you yeah. got to check it out it's peach building products uh, you can go in and visit them uh, just off third west 2940 south uh, you can also uh, check them out at peachbuildingproducts.com they have over 255 star reviews on google it's peach building products you can't stop me now this is the big show with gordon monson and jake scott presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Time for a, a market update here on the big show. What are you Gordon laughing Monson, about? Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12 of the zone. I like how you hit the post there. That was good. 
Um, this, song, you by... this song is, as the kids call, a banger. It is. It is that. Um, market update brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TryDayTrading.com. How did the markets do today, Gordon? Well, you know how yesterday you did the uh, the report I and, and the, everything was heading up? Uh-huh. Was Johnny playing on this song? Sure was. On the original recording? No. Yeah. He's played this song a bunch, though, I'm sure. Sorry. Once or twice. Just had a flashback, too. He doesn't have it memorized yet. He still has to read the music as he plays. <laughs> anyway, uh, you had all good news. Well, I got kind of all bad news. Okay. Not horrible news, just uh, kind of. Just a, not a, good. Yeah. The Dow was off 81 and a half points. Poop fest. The NASDAQ was off four points. He missed the one footer. That sounded like the guy who got struck by lightning. Reg? Reg. I <laughs> said his name. <laughs> how did he how did he make it? Did he make it through that last strike? Yeah, he made it. Okay. It's Reg. And and then uh, the S&P was uh, off nearly nine points. Oh, fudge. That's a great part in that movie. Where he has to, his mom asks him where he heard that word, and he, he <laughs> even he hears, his, name? hears his dad <laughs> around the his house mom. use that word a, a zillion oh, times yeah, yeah. where he learned it from, but he's like, can't say that, and it just makes up a name. Timmy Johnson or whatever. And then, then you hear the kid being spanked. disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> no, mommy, no! What's your favorite swear word? Oh, I don't know that I have one. They're, they're all useful, I suppose. What's your favorite one? Oh, I like variation of swear words, like where you combine a few. Yeah, or combine those with other words. Such, Especially such when they're creative, where you're like, oh, I've not heard that combo yeah, right. together. Which, uh, which, like, give us an example. Like, uh, poop sucker. Okay, we're, we're moving on from this conversation okay. as fast as I we can. I was just trying to... Uh, Chris Mannix is going to join the show coming up next. I hope that was in my ear and Stay not everybody tuned. else's. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.